undefeated Houston Texans. Today, I'm joined by the tie god to my Taylor, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing today, man? I, uh, you know what? Hey, I look, don't, look what the back says. You ready? I don't, I don't know how to feel about anything that you're doing right now. This is, you're full of it. You're full of crap right now. What is that? That's a Laramie Tunsil t-shirt. Yeah. You're full of it. Long sleeve. No, there's no long sleeve. And by the way, it's 100 degrees. That makes it worse. Okay, this house is 74 degrees right now, and it's your fault. I'm cold all the time. <laughs> That's so awesome. that you. I even went into your home, and I felt a little bit of a chill. I was like, ooh, this is nice in here. $250 could... electric bill, you know. Oh I care about the environment. I like all these pig people laying inside there. 65 degree air conditioning wondering where the magic of electricity comes from it comes from coal you're burning coal so you can stay nice and cozy in your in your cold house when it's 100 degrees outside give me all a break I, all i know is i've never seen a bigger bandwagon fan in my entire Woo! life right now this is the most super bowl is, i'm so disgusted with you right now no nobody believes in us Okay. Oh, it's us against the it's world. Us against the, the world, baby. That's what you were saying leading up to this season. Us against the world. Go Texans. You're going to hell for being a liar. Ty God Taylor, Brandon Cook, no. sleeping over people. Pharaoh Brown no. is cannot be stopped. Oh, like, he's like Logan Thomas, a great young offensive line as a real offensive line coach now. Mark Ingram. <laughs> 3.3 yards a carry, 26 carries, Whoa. 85 yards. Watch out. Watch out, Cleveland. Uh, they did some Christian Kirksey, <laughs> pro like... football focus linebacker of the week, one interception. Big play, Vernon Hargraves, one interception. You can't touch them. They can't be stopped, you know? In this, in this world of divas and me first, you know, selfish tyrants, <laughs> The Houston Texans have a real actual football team that cares about the team itself, that loves one another. They're a cohesive band, and they're coming for you this week. Get ready for it. I, you Pack know what? lunch. You're going to need just, it. I'm more excited at the fact that you're actually going to be picking the Houston Texans to beat the Cleveland Browns. Make, that's what, make sure you have a spare tire as well. You, you're going to be picking them for the rest of the year. With that T-shirt, that's what you're telling me you're doing right now. Is that this is your team? No giving up on them all the way. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Right. Super Bowl. It's coming. To, it's coming home this year. There you go. Especially for how bad Tennessee looked. Houston's number Billy, one. Baby. Indy looked bad too. Jacksonville looked atrocious. We're winning the division this year. Well, yeah. I mean, Jacksonville is going to have probably coach of the year. It seems so. That's always a good sign in that division. And then you have Indy. Oh, I don't know, man. I liked it, but I didn't like it. It's but they Kari Willis it. is bad, and they picked on Kari Willis a lot. 
Uh, it was it wasn't pretty to watch because it also seemed like the same boring ass Colts. That's it's like nothing ever changed. It was yeah, they're the most just, boring team in the world. You didn't move like no matter who the quarterback is, it's the exact same thing that's going on. Nothing Except has changed. Carson went to like four carries for. 34 yards. That's the only thing that's different at all. No, it's like Jacoby Brissett plus Philip Rivers. Brissett would do that. Who cares? Yeah, but like Brissett couldn't throw like a 70% completion. Did you see his fumble on the quarterback sneak? Of course. <laughs> it's so bad. And you're just, it's fourth and one. And of course, that's what Carson Wentz does because it's what you expect out of Carson Wentz. Well, and it's funny because they ran the ball in third and four too. Like, oh, uh, we'll get three yards and then just go for him fourth down. And Hey, this is what you wanted, though. You're the one who said you I didn't believe it. in Carson. I was much more of a believer in this. And now we're coming to find out Houston Texans are the best team in this division. Yes, sir. Undefeated. Uh, so who who's your new favorite player after last week? Was there anybody that really jumped out at you that you haven't really, like, had that much love in your heart for? Not really loving my heart, but it's going back to the argument, dude. You are so wrong. David Montgomery is so good. Oh, my Miles, God. Is Miles Sanders is really good, too. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear this. Montgomery may be one of the best backs in the league with what I was watching last week. This man, no it's matter close. what. It's a close race so far. He is getting four to five yards of carry, and all he's doing is just throwing up the arms. And he's so itty-bitty because Andy Dalton doesn't do a damn thing. Montgomery was carrying that team. A lot of ass. He's a big ass. He's oh man, he was he rock a, solid. Donk a donk a donk a donk, you know. So much better than Sanders. It's not even close. Mm, they're pretty close so far. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not pretty sure. close. Hundred yards in a TD. No, mm. I don't think. Five catches, seventy-eight yards, and touchdown. It's close. I don't think that's. And close also, at all. the difference is the Bears actually don't have a backup running back. Well, I think the difference is is that we they don't have a quarterback whatsoever, and yeah, true their too. quarterback doesn't want to play or is not allowed to play. I should say Dalton attempted zero passes over fifteen yards that game. <laughs> one of one of my insider sources sent uh, AR-15s routes, and it's Matt. It's probably one of the saddest things. Curl, 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 slant, curl, like, curl, curl, curl slant. Taking a right, going up five yards, taking a left. Yes. It's the worst thing on planet Earth to see. I, I I can't make fun of Chicago because it's naggy. It's all naggy. It's. I mean, it's not all naggy, but... He'll be fired, Matt. You don't start Dalton. Landry Maybe. Field did score. I, I love Chris insulted him. I love Andy Dalton's beard. He's like cosplaying or cosplaying as a lumberjack. He's like, yeah, I'm up north in the Windy City. I'm a big, tough guy with my big, tough beard. Zero passes over 15 yards. Chris Collinsworth sat back and was like, you know, you, you have Dalton. And you're like, yeah, but then you got Landry Field. And you're like, you got something special. It's like, man, I love you, Chris, because you threw Dalton underneath the bus. In the Usually. nicest way possible. Usually I would tell you to shut up, but in fact, I want you to now run the bus back over Dalton because he needs it again. That's what I mean. The other thing that was bizarre too in that telecast was every time they showed uh, a touchdown he played by Chicago, they put the fields on the sideline. He's just like, just dead face. Like, look at him. Look at him. Look at him. And then when they put fields out there, like the red zone, they put the camera on Dalton. He's just like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. You know, that sort of face. It's very funny, though. 
They want the real world drama. They want to see the fight on the sideline. I want to see it too at this point. The problem is Nagy's the one that's going to get punched in the face in the end. I don't think anybody's getting punched, but um, I, uh, it's, it was a big week for me though. Teddy was oh, okay. absolutely incredible last week. Oh, My okay. Houston Texans getting eating okay. the big W. Jameis, great uh-huh. week. The Carolina Panthers' young defense had a great How game. How is Josh Allen? Hey, p- people forget Pittsburgh has a really good front seven. Did you watch TJ Watt that game? Yeah. He I, was insane. <laughs> it's really crazy, and no wonder he's going to be the highest He was eight. insane. It's worth every single penny what he is. He's half the defense at least. And Cam Sutton had a really good game too, and it, they made sure that Minka Fitzpatrick took away all their deep passes also. Um, you know, it happens. They play like... They played Pittsburgh last year. It's not like they scored 31 points. They scored like 20 points last year. And the reason why they lost that game was because they had a punt block. That's why they uh-huh. lost. That's why. The punt got blocked. Uh-huh. That was the difference in that one. Listen, um, I look like an idiot too, okay, Matt? But I'll admit it. Buffalo looked like garbage. I thought they were fine. No. You got to be Pittsburgh if you're going to look fine to me. I thought they were It was a punt block. Um, uh, no, it's not just a punt block. Yeah, it was a pump block, dude. There's more things that happen than a pump block. That's why they lost, though. It's not. Oh yeah, that's why they lost. It's not the one thing. That's why. No, no, it's Just not why. It. It. Um, I have a new favorite player, though, and I thought this guy was good before, you know? And I would talk about it whenever I wrote about the New York Jets, but Sinone Fadukazi, number 95. Is that offensive lineman? No, he's a defensive lineman. Okay, big, I'll take it. He got and he got big too. He's gained like forty pounds, it looks like. Absolutely decimated the interior of the Panthers offensive line. If you want like a cool player before Pro Football Focus ruins them, like they ruined, you know, Cameron Curl and a whole slew of other and Cole Holcomb and all these other guys I like. Sonom Fadukasi's the guy for you. I'm so happy that that's what you said, because, of course, Matt, you're going with the one guy that nobody paid attention to because he was on the losing team. He had a great game. Matthew, he lost, though. It doesn't matter. You're blowing up a guy that's just at least Montgomery is the only guy on that team that gives a damn. New York Jets actually have a solid team. They just went up against the Dalton revenge or not the Dalton, the Darnold revenge game. Yeah, and Darnold was bad, too. I know he was. I was bad. like, I've like, seen this before. Problem. He just had that one deep touchdown, Robbie. Again, last week, I think there's two things to kind of find last week: edge rushers getting a matchup against like a bad offensive tackle and crushing it. Von Miller against Nate Solder, Max Crosby against Alejandro Villanueva, um, Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa against Sam Costi in Washington, and. Uh, I don't know. There's some other ones. There's like oh TJ TJ Watt against uh Darrell Williams in Buffalo. But there's a couple of those offensive tackle defensive end matchups where oh and then Chandler Jones against uh Taylor Watt was the biggest one too. And then also against David Questenberry and Kenneth Lamb whenever they came in. That that was the other thing that was like really kind of fun last week. And then also teams are all playing two high defenses because that's what Brandon Staley did last year, and that's what Vic Fangio is known for too. But they were doing that, and they were also playing cover six. So you have two guys playing a fourth of the field and one guy playing half the field. And so they're running these route combinations to soak up two guys on the quarter side. And then you have one versus one on the other side, and that's when you get Tyler Lockett against Kari Willis. That's how Los Angeles got their big touchdown pass uh, to Jefferson. That's how... Um, I don't know. There's some other ones too. There's a couple of them. 
It's been I've watched a lot of games. It's been a long time. Uh, the touchdown that Robbie Anderson had was similar to the touchdown that KJ KJ Hamler dropped against the Giants was like that also. So those are the two biggest things I saw were these like really obscene defensive end versus offensive tackle matchups, and then deep touchdowns against you know, two high shells where they're able to really kind of pick on a safety and put them in a bad spot, and then win some touchdowns to a deep middle part of the field. You know. No, I I actually completely agree. And I mean, we'll even get into it. That's kind of what you saw with even Dak with Dallas, where they're looking quarterbacks now are just finding a corner on the field. And to your point, they're just picking on him where it becomes mean at times because they don't stop. The moment that a corner goes out is the moment all of a sudden the backup is just going to be worked. Yeah, Cockrell got worked really good in that Dallas game. It's it's insane, and it's funny that all of a sudden that's just become a trend. I don't even know where that started. Probably with Aaron, probably with Tom, but something happened where all of a sudden all the quarterbacks are now doing it. And I will say, what kind of surprised me so far with Week One is the running game happened for some teams that you wouldn't expect, and then didn't happen at all with the teams that you expected. So yeah, I mean, I guess Cleveland did, Tennessee didn't, uh, Seattle did a little bit. Indy didn't. Tennessee, Dallas didn't. It's it was weird. It's, Tennessee was probably the Dallas weirdest. Dallas was expected. Well, yeah, I, we'll talk about Tennessee. Here Jacksonville in a was also a weird they, one for me. They ran well. Five they just fell behind. Robinson, five yeah, touches. They just fell behind fourteen zero though. Or maybe it's because Trevor Lawrence is not. I, I'll put it this way, Matt. Did you like Trevor Lawrence when you were watching him? He made like four like oh, sort of throws. You know, like ooh, really? yeah. But then, like, the thing that was weird was uh, two of his interceptions and, like, he threw, like, three other really bad passes. He was on the run going the opposite direction, and they just went over – they went high. And then also Houston just played cover two, and so you have to throw the ball, like, above the first level defenders to linebackers. And so he was just missing high trying to get over that first level and kind of problems, uh, you know, finding, like, his touch on on those throws. But I think he was, like – he was, like, boom or bust or whatever, but the interceptions were bad and – that's really kind of what hurt him. They also had a bunch of bad offensive penalties, too. I guess. He just didn't... I, again, you and I have been talking about kind of like the young quarterbacks, even with Jameis, where we're just talking about guys that just had that arm where you could just tell, boom, oh, yeah, I'm I'm going, I'm, I'm hungry, yum, 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 yum. But it, when it comes to no, no, Trevor Lawrence... Jameis goes... He doesn't go, I'm yum, 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 yum. He, well, that's all I think about is just wedding crashes. Crab cakes and football. Yum, 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 yum. I see what Sack you're punch. But, yeah, but, but that's it, how Jameis eats, though. He's a real... See, now you're just making fun of him. And I'm not know. trying to... I'm trying to be nice here today. You're the one that's picking on people. When it comes down to it, though, you're not, you're not surprised me. For being the number one pick, I'm expecting something special. Oh, everybody there was, did. He wasn't very like it wasn't a special game, but he made some special throws. You know, I didn't even see the special throws. You're saying four? That throw, I, at, that throw four. at Chark was incredible. Um, he, now I got yeah, that was great. Now I'm not yeah. gonna get into. It's like more like a desperation throw where guys are gonna no, find. No, that wasn't desperation. Well, finds it's not. That's the rules. No, because he kept the safety in place with his eyes, and then was able to put a rocket in the in the hole of the zone on the other side of the field. Um, who do you think had the best de- debut last week? Uh, Jones, Lance, Fields, Lawrence, and, uh, and, and Wilson. 
Ooh. I would kind of say Wilson. I was going to say Wilson for New York. Because his offensive line's bad. He got crushed, and he made some big throws, you know? Yes. like I never really thought, like, um, he was, like, overwhelmed at all. But, like, he just he got crushed by, by some of those pass rushes he had, you know? But that's exactly what I'm saying is even watching his touchdown pass to Corey Davis, he, he's able to see, he's able to move. I don't know what it was, man. He, that Trevor first throw to Corey Davis against cover three, where he's like one, two, finds on the backside, hits it immediately. That was beautiful. That, that's that's what I mean. That's special. That's what you can tip your hat to. You saying, oh, the touchdown pass to Chark. It's not enough for me with Lawrence if you're the number one pick. I'm expecting you to blow the other guys out of the water. That's in this area I was expecting. But you know what? Well, Wilson looked better. He was going up against a Super Bowl contender. Oh. I know, we, I know, like, we don't know that right now, but we're going to be looking back on it. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, the Texans were okay. the champions last year. It makes sense to get a bad week what one. Show's gonna be. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we're on the same page here. Um, right. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. So I, I also have a confession to make. Are you ready? Oh, God. So I'm, I'm working my way through to watch every game from week one, and uh, I haven't watched the Lions yet. <laughs> you mean your favorite team? I, yeah, I haven't watched them yet. That's weird because you said that you were going to be watching this team the most out of everybody. Out of every bad team, I said they're going to be my favorite bad team. This, sure, this is your offensive line. This is what you team wanted. was great. I know. Everyone was great, right? They ruined everyone's betting in Vegas. They, everyone's pissed off oh, because they all at the end of the game. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so... This week, there's a lot of good games this week as well, too. Last nope. night, since, since this is coming to you on a Friday morning, probably, the Giants against Washington. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Houston-Cleveland, KC-Baltimore, Tennessee-Seattle, and Dallas Chargers. Uh, the primetime games are going to also be KC-Baltimore and Detroit-Green Bay on Monday night. They always screw that up. I just want to say, all right, so my biggest, and I think we should have to have a segment where uh, we get to have a replace or a do-over. I think my do-over before the season started. Man, New York. Bye-bye, Danny. Oh, the Giants. Bye-bye. We're done with you, Danny. Danny's done now. You see it's his over. fumble? Yes. That was bad. That was like Carson Wentz's fumble. They, they yeah. both do that. They love to fumble the ball. And it's because it's so careless where it's not even a good fumble where you're like, oh, I get it. Hit the crown of the guy's helmet. No, you're just lollygagging everywhere, and then the ball falls out. It's bad, and by the way, I'm really upset, even though, am I? Because I did just want to jinx my team in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't know. I still feel good about everything so far. New York is the one thing where it's like everything else I'm cool with. New York Giants, maybe, dude. Maybe Atlanta being not fun to watch. Atlanta's <laughs> <laughs> awful. But like Philly has a great defensive line, though, and Ryan yes. was under pressure for the most oh. of that game. Oh. It's also hilarious, too, because it seems like both Arthur Smith and the Titans need each other. Like They, don't, they can't exist without one another, uh, but we'll see what happens from there. So we're also going to have two new segments. Aside from the picks, we're going to do, or we have one new segment. We're going to have the, the underdog pick and also the new one's going to lock of the week. So if you don't get the lock right, you lose a point, but yeah. you don't get a point if you get it. And the underdog, you get a point, but you don't lose a point if you don't get it. And then we also have the typical 4-1. So we're going to start off with the, the newest Super Bowl dark horse. 
the team come to to sweep the rest of the league and completely torch it. The 2021 Houston Texans coming off of a 31, 37-21 win over Jacksonville. The Texans are 12 and a half point underdogs. Yeah. 12 and a half points. Yeah, I'm not. I'm surprised that it's even that less. That's it insane. should be more. It's That's insane. what it should. This is going to be a two touchdown game here. I hope you're ready. And by the way, I'm probably wrong because I will not disagree with the tie god Taylor right now. Hey, he made like three downfield throws that were bananas. He escaped from like nine uh, pressure attempts. And then he also had like one long run of like 40 yards also. And here's the thing with Sean Hudson. Well, you don't really see if it's like he was replaced by Herbert because his lung was punctured. Well, he was also also a bench for Baker because he was bad in Cleveland too. He's a guy that's got something to prove though. Yeah. And by the way, nobody believes in him. Nobody believes in the Texans. He's the perfect quarterback. And he makes Deshaun look like a jackass. Deshaun Watson? Yep. Houston? Deshaun Houston, and he's from Houston? It it makes him look stupid now at this point. If Houston goes 500, oh my lord. There's going to be parties in the street. I'm pretty sure a parade in Houston will happen. I think more people will be mad if they went 500 than if they went 2-15. and 15. Well, yeah, because now you have a draft pick. Yeah. Um, Which I always said you already screwed it up. If you want my honest opinion, you should have somehow lost. But well, it's a long season. You can't forget that. I I do think talking about the Giants, the Giants are a really good spot for Watson. I wrote about that today because they have the Bears' first round pick and they have their first round pick. Those may be two top ten picks. So the Giants could trade two top ten picks, two second round picks for Watson, and then I don't know, throw in Saquon Barkley. Who cares? Barkley is awful. Yeah, that was depressing. He's like afraid to run. And it's because the moment that he's even like, there's no shimmy anymore. He keeps trying to shimmy, but it doesn't work. He's just like shimming. He doesn't run a field at all. But that's where he used to be able to do those tricks. But the injuries, man, they're starting to catch up to him more and more, which is really kind of the problem, which is why I didn't really trust any running backs. Yeah, that's why it's hard to draft one that early. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking about the NFL draft, not fantasy. Well, I mean, either way, it's just hard to be able to predict when it comes to the running back because it's always it's lightning in a bottle in a way where you're wanting to catch them at that right time to when there's that spark to when they're going off. Same thing with Zeke in his first year. You're hoping it can hold Derrick Henry, for example, but eventually it's going to explode or go out and it's just not going to work. And Saquon, I just feel like there's too many cracks in the bottle to where it's just now blown up. Yeah, well, Henry is a second-round pick also. I think if you draft a running back early, he has to be good in the pass game, and Saquon's never been like all that much of a pass catcher either. He's been able to play. He can't um, <laughs> Well, last time these two teams played, the Texans lost 10-7. I think this is a game where the Texans had like one first down through three quarters because it was really windy, and the Texans had a really bad run, run game last year, the worst run game in football. Uh Together, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 38 carries for 240 yards. I think that's good. What do you think? Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. This is kind of my favorite running backs to ever watch at this point in the league. I love watching a duo where you truly, it's it's a switching off where I've never seen where it works so well. Oh, hey, it's Chubb's drive. This is where Chubb's now going to go down. The moment we get to the 20, we're not going to switch you, Hunt. 
Instead, we're going to leave Chubb in. He needs to get his TDs. Let him get his TDs. Oh, and then we're going to bring you in for the two-point conversion because we know that you're just going to make a play, and then we'll bring you in later in on the game because that's when you're going to be fresh while Chubb needs to rest. They are so dangerous. I love their running backs more than anything. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, last week they averaged, they, last week they had 26 carries for 153 yards, about six yards a carry. Um, <laughs> Willis did get hurt with the ankle injury, but it looks like he's going to play this week. Conklin looks like he, he's going to play too, but they don't know exactly just show with him either. I, I loved their offense last week. Like, just, I love how they pull their blockers to an outside zone like they do. I think Baker was like good from a quick pass perspective. He just had that one mistake with the interception at the end of the game where he steps up and rather than just run for, and it was first down too. That's the problem with that interception. It's first down. Just run and slide, you know, run and slide. He double pumps, throws on the sideline, nowhere close. And Sneed was able to get the interception. Um, But I just love how they attack all sides of the field too, with how they run their play action games with bootlegs and regular play actions. They're able to get a few deep shots in there as well, too. Um, Landry consistently moves the chain. Schwartz had a really nice game also. And like, they just go horizontal, horizontal, horizontal. And uh, they're able to go horizontal both their passing game and their run game, which was uh, really great to see. But like you talked about in the text message we had, they're a little sister still right now. And it's such a damn shame to see because you and I even, again, another message at the very beginning of the game. That first drive was so beautiful where we go, this is the Cleveland team. This is what we want to be able to watch, just the domination going down the field, and then hopefully you're able to withheld the Patrick Mahomes. But you can't make a mistake at the end of the game when you have the chance here. Like, this is where you're supposed to be smart. And now, by the way, Cleveland's supposed to have, in a way, experience. You're supposed to be able to kind of know what to do with those situations to not overdo it, to go for what they're going to give you. It's the same thing with why Tom wins. You're not overdoing the last drive. You're taking what the team is giving you. You're making it exactly. You're simplifying it in order to get the points. And yeah, Tom never like rushes a a game winning drive. Like he's never like in a frenzy. He's never taking risks that need to be taken at all. You know? Because there's no point if you have the time, for example, if there's a minute left, why are you rushing? You can clearly see whenever Tom's with Dallas or even with certain scenarios with other quarterbacks, if they have a minute and a half and one timeout, going down the, the field is so easy for them. And Baker needs to get like that because his team is good enough. Yeah, like That's what bothers me is that Cleveland has such a great team, and the only thing is just their quarterback makes the mistakes that he can't make. And he's never—I mean, he—they won at Ohio State. Like Baker, I've never seen him like have a game-winning drive. I've never yeah. seen him like really win anything at all before. You know? Does he need to have a Browns flag that he can just go in like just throw in the middle of people's fields like Spartan or some crap that he did in college? Is that what it's going to take for him to be able to have some type of? He is just still again in the end. Little sister to Patrick Mahomes, big brother. Well, I think I think I think the he's not little sister Patrick Mahomes. The Browns are little sister to Patrick Mahomes because it's not Baker. If it was Baker, they would be, you know, like dog crap on the bottom of Patrick Mahomes' shoe. But it's the Browns as a team makes them you know little sister. Um, well, Miles Garrett last last week 
was phenomenal. You know, he had a sack. He had three quarterback hits. Uh, Clowney actually made a tackle on a jet sweep, which was incredible. Was a, he had a tackle for a loss, had a couple of pressures. Um, Malik Jackson had a really good game last week, too. Cleveland has a, a good front four pass rush. I don't think the Texans offensive lineman is very good last week. There's a lot of talk like, oh, the left side paved the way. They really pass protected well. Um, they, I don't think they really did. They they gave up nine hurries, three quarterback hits, and a sack. But Taylor was just really good at escaping pressure consistently, you know. And they blitzed eleven times against them. They averaged you know less than about like a little bit more than three yards a carry too. Uh, for their running backs alone as well. And so I don't think they, they act like the left side of the line pass block or run block very well. I don't think their pass protection is all that great. And they're going to get a, a really dominant front four rush too. And Miles Garrett was really good against Laramie Tunsil last year too. And he's coming off COVID. He was kind of rusty to start off um, his season as well. So like, do you think Tyrod Taylor can have the same you know, slippery, smooth escape ability to get past Clowney and Jackson and, uh, and Malik McDowell and Miles Garrett? It's a hard one for me, and it's only because last week, this is what you have to believe. So is Ty God Taylor that good? Or was Jacksonville and the coach that I'm just going to forget his name because it's only going to be one year and he's fired after uh, this week? Their defensive coordinator in Jacksonville is Joe Colon. He was the D- last time he was a DC was in Baltimore. He got drunk and fell asleep in a drive through naked. <laughs> so, and that was like five years ago. It's been a long, long, or he was a coach in Baltimore. And it's been a long, long, long uh, road to redemption for him to have that job again. But they couldn't play man coverage in stack sets. Uh, that was all like Houston did is they used stack sets and Cleveland couldn't, pa- uh, Jacksonville couldn't pass anything off at all. And Cleveland's kind of playing that same quarters coverage with John Johnson on their roster now too. So, and you know, they gave that big touchdown Tyreek Hill um, from that same coverage I was talking about earlier too. Wait, wait, wait. I just got to go back to this real quick. So what drive through was he in naked? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I think this is really important because if it's like a Del Taco, it's like, maybe I understand if it's like maybe a fancy place. Like what if he was like in the all garden to go line or something? And he's naked. Yeah. Right? It's like, Maybe that's a guy who just wants to be classy. I think Taco Bell is the only one that's acceptable. Well, that's true. Taco Bell would not have called the police whatsoever. In fact, they probably would have thrown him like a towel or something. This happens, sir. We understand. Here's your complimentary towel. Hey, yeah, uh, here's your towel for living outside the box, you know. This is what we do. Here's your taco box. (laughs) That'd be so incredible. Overall... I just think that with the Texans, this week will really prove if Tyrod's able to be able to escape in these type of situations to be able to make the plays. Brandon Cooks, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to man over two guys. Man handle a pass away from the Cleveland Browns corners. I just think things are going to be a little bit different this week. It's still a high point coverage to be able to cover, however. I... I don't know the Texans. That's my problem. If they were to make this a close game, Matt, I'm really going to be blown away. I'm really going to be like, <laughs> hey, something's up. Something's weird. Uh, I'm I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be shocked. Yeah. Uh, so Jacksonville last week, Carlos Hyde and James Robinson averaged 4.9 yards a carry. But they only ran the ball 14 times. They fell down 14-0 because they, Jacksonville attempted a 55-yard field goal down 7 nothing. And they gave the Texans really great field position, led to a 14-0 uh, 
uh, Devson. They were kind of like stuck throwing a lot from there. I, I also can't get over how many screens and quick passes they try to throw against the cover two defense. Those plays don't work against that. Um, so I make my pick, and there's nothing logical that points to this. There's not a matchup on the field where the Texans have an advantage. Zero. There yeah. isn't one. Exactly. This is like a, a 91 overall team versus a, a 64 overall team. There's zero here. Yeah. But you know what? Nobody believes in this team. Nobody yeah. believes in us. But I believe in, in Ty God Taylor. They beat, the, <laughs> they beat the Jaguars last week, 31, uh, 37-21. You know, against a little bit better opponent. I'm going to go Texans 31, Browns 24. Wow, you are. Oh my God. Oh, okay, but you don't get the point if somehow the Cleveland just don't cover the spread because the spread is huge. Yeah, I get points still. Oh, this is disgusting. You're actually picking. Yeah, we're picking. I'm picking them to win, and I'm picking them with the spread to cover. All right, this game. I'm sorry. I just again, this will surprise me. This will blow me away. I'm really interested. But I got 31, Cleveland, 17, Houston. All right. So you're going, you're going Cleveland then. I am. I'm going Cleveland all the way on this one. It's a lot of points to cover. Don't get me wrong. It's crazy. I just, I, it is. And especially after seeing the Texans. It's just, I think I'm where, they're where I'm at. I don't know what the Texans are because I, after last week, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are that bad. Yeah, it was tough for them. So the next thing we have here, the Tennessee Titans against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Titans may be screwed. Okay, I was going to want to talk to you about this. So, Matt, do you think you and I kind of missed something where we've always talked about how teams kind of don't change, like Green Bay Packers, for example, where they just keep doing the same thing, but they're not changing really the personnel that's going to make them Yeah, but, but Tennessee did make changes in personnel, though. But... They, they're not like... What am I missing then? Because it was gross. Now, the only other thing that I saw that I will say about Tennessee then, if you're going to counteract my point on that, the only other thing I saw was, what, does Tannehill think he has 10 seconds to throw? Well, no. I mean, I think biggest thing, well, like that bootleg they ran, I think it's the offensive coordinator and the defense coordinator. Really? Because, all right, look at, their, look at that bootleg they ran with T- Chandler Jones. Yeah. They're running a bootleg at Chandler Jones, leaving him unblocked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the play call. Like you're running, you're like expecting Jones to to chase the back come from the backside and leave Tannehill wide open. You can't run that at Chandler Jones. You can't. It's a terrible idea. And then Tannehill gets absolutely destroyed, fumbles the ball, and they go down after from that point on. Um, they never they ran play action like I don't know, like forty percent of the time last year. They ran play action on less than five percent of their pass attempts in this game last week. They ran a ton of isolation routes against zone coverage. You can't run isolation routes against zone coverage. They didn't do anything to overflood the zones at all. They didn't do any, run any route combinations to be able to create one versus one matchups to take advantage of anything. Uh, AJ Brown didn't even have a pass attempt until the second quarter. Yep. Julio Jones dropped, I think, like three passes and had a 15 yard penalty on him. Didn't it's really not- look like he was ready to play football yet this year. Well, um, Derek Henry didn't break any tackles. All it takes them all to get going. And also their offensive line, you know, they, you know, Taylor Wan was out last year. This is his first game back. They're playing, playing David Questmere at right tackle. Kendall Lamb even came in. They were beat at the, at the offensive line as well too. 
And without Arthur Smith here, they did not look like the Tennessee Titans at all whatsoever. And that was one of the big questions we had during the season with them. There's like, you know, all these question marks. How much of an impact are Danico Autry and Bud Dupree going to make? Are they going to have, you know, an actual defensive improvement with uh, with a new defensive coordinator? How much are they going to miss Arthur Smith? Can Derek Henry keep up the same workload? Is Tulio Jones going to be injured or not? And none of those things were, were good at all this week. Those are all big questions, and all of them were wrong, and they lost by three-plus scores as a result of it. I just, I, and again, you say that there were changes made. For me, Personal just, changes there were. It just seems Coaching like... Coaching changes was the negative, though. But yeah, they had Autry, they had Dupree, they had Janoris Jenkins, they got Christian man, Fulton back from last I, year, they drafted two cornerbacks, won the first round, they got Julio... Want, yeah. Say it all. Say it all. The Julio thing, by the way, you're not going to win on that one. That's, but that's seven new players, though. It's My not a personnel is, thing, though. It just looks like been there, done that, where there's nothing that's this. I don't know what's going on with the Tennessee Titans, but that was truly disappointing. Where one guy should not have five sacks on your quarterback. You would think that eventually you would just be able to understand, don't go to that guy or block that guy. Something would have to change. Chandler Jones probably got $100,000 for every sack or probably just whatever five-sack bonus that he had. because he made he has one of those? Well, and also, like, Jones' sacks. He had one unblocked, one against the right tackle, and he, had three, and he had three against Luan. It, that's pretty bad. The only other thing that I truly saw when it comes to it's like what I said. Tannehill, uh, listen, man, I don't know what you're doing, but every time that he was trying to look down, like down the field, nothing was there, and he would just dump it off. But he wouldn't even take Cause, a shot. Cause they're, yeah, because they were playing zone coverage, and they are running isolation routes, and those don't work. And, you know, but, now, I don't blame Tannehill at all whatsoever. They didn't, so he didn't have anything open. That's the coaching staff not being able to adjust to what the defense is? No, it's the coaching staff not having the knowledge to run the offense they ran the year before. And they're trying to run the same offense again because they don't have the same guy there anymore. They're trying to run Arthur Smith's offense, but they're not Arthur Smith. I, maybe so if that's what you're trying. But that's what I mean. It's been there, done that. Where there's nothing that's new here. Yeah, but it worked it for. It, I mean, it worked for three straight years, though. But again, the point isn't that the offense is the same. It's worked every time. The problem is that the guy running the offense isn't there anymore. I can't believe that I'm going to look like a jackass for thinking that the Tennessee Titans are going to be good. Because after well, once I, again, I still think they're the best uh, team in this division, aside from the Houston Texans. Of course, I, whoa, 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 wait. You see, look at this. I caught you. I knew I was going you didn't to catch me at all. It takes a little bit to get you to say what you were really wanting. Take off the shirt. No, no. I say except for oh, the sir. Houston Texans. You're I think they're, be- they're better than Jackson. They're better than Indy. Um, the problem, though, like, with their pass protection is that Seattle's edge rushers were really good last week. They had six sacks against Indianapolis. Uh, Darrell Taylor, I talked about him the season preview, how excited I was to watch him play. He had a one versus one match against Braden Smith. Absolutely undressed him. Like it was one of the most despicable things I've ever seen. That was that fourth down attempt. They went for in Seattle's red zone. He undressed him. He, he liquefied him. It was a, uh, it was absolutely insane what he did. But yeah, they had three sacks and six quarterback hits. Two of them were against Julian Davenport as well. Um, Lamb and Quest and Bear Luan gave up five sacks and six hits. These are all to Chandler Jones. Seattle has a good edge rush. Like, I know you didn't agree with me in this season, but it's good. And uh, this is a, a bad matchup from for Tennessee from that perspective, too. They couldn't block Chandler Jones, and now they're going against an edge rush that has eight guys deep that can give them problems as well. 
I don't know what to think of Seattle. Uh, I agree with you, but also you did not believe in the Indianapolis Colts because you hate Carson Wentz. So even though you're saying I was right about the Seattle's defense, you also hate the Indianapolis offense. So I, mean, I think it's fine, typically. It's still counteract for me. In the end, though, it's I will say Seattle kind of surprised me. It just seems like, though, that they got away with it because of the locket play of the 68-yarder when it's, you know, a third and 16 or second. It was like third and 22. Yeah, it was something along those lines. And, uh, and that, that play was cover six, and it was Corey Willis. One ver- like Metcalf sucked up two defenders. They sucked up both the guys in quarters. It's Corey like, Willis versus Tyler Lockett. He steps behind him. Yeah, I'm saying it's Corey Willis against Tyler Lockett, and Corey Willis had a really tough game. Multiple times he missed tackles and got beat. In the end, I just, Seattle did surprise me because it did look like the same old Seattle where it was the magician just doing what he does, making the great plays, knowing when the guy is beat, making the passes to Metcalf. Everything seemed to work. That, but was, I, that locking one was easy, though. That was, uh, yeah, well, right away. And what I, I understand from Indy, too, is that if you're playing that defense, why don't you put Julian Blackman in the half, in the half field role? Why are you putting Kari Willis covering half the field? It makes zero sense. I do want to go back to the Seattle defense because that is what kind of surprised me more than anything. They were able to get pressure on Wentz, it seemed like, most of the game, even though Wentz didn't panic like he did last yeah, he year. Was fine. Yeah, it, it wasn't that happy feed. It wasn't, I'm going to stare at a guy while he's chasing after me. It just seemed like that Seattle was on point. It really did. Brooks so looked where- really good. Jordan Brooks looked really good in coverage. Um, and they have fat guys in the interior. You know, they have Al Woods and putting it forward. And those are big fat guys right there. Big fat guys, what? <laughs> they have big fat guys. That's important. Is that um, a big... Yeah, big fat guys well, are important. Fat guy segment? Yeah, Puna Ford, big fat guy. Al, <laughs> Al Woods, big fat guy. That's important to stop the run. Uh, Jonathan Taylor in the run game, only 17 carries for 56 yards. Yep. Kind of lending itself to like in obvious run situations like you're going to see with Derrick Henry this week. I don't know they're going to be able to run the ball very well. Uh, for Tennessee against Seattle. And all of Indy's rushing yards came from uh, Carson Wentz scrambles and then from Naheem Hines you know, getting runs against like spread formations. You know, I'm going to agree with you. I just think that when it comes to the Tennessee Titans this week, man, after watching, and maybe you're right where this is the wannabe, just their la- last year offense, but it's not the same coach, so it's not going to work, which... I'm telling you, it is. I'm a Titans fan. But that's what I'm saying then. So Seattle, for me, is probably going to come out here and dominate Tennessee. I completely agree. And, and it's because Tennessee doesn't have an identity. No, they, they have an identity. They just can't do it anymore. Like they don't know how to do it. It's like they like they bought all the parts, but they don't have the instruction manual at all anymore because the instruction manual went to Atlanta. Um, and also, like Mike Vrabel has never been a good defensive coordinator either, you know? Well, it's weird that the offense just kind of made him look better with having Derrick Henry sustain the ball and sustain the clock versus yeah, the and, and he doesn't even coach that side, you know. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying that it made the defense look better because yeah, they weren't. Yeah. But that, their best defensive year, though, is with Dean Pease, you know. And Dean. He's, he's, he's in Atlanta now. Um, Dean Pease. Dean Pease? Dean Pease. I don't know who you're saying right We've now. We've talked this... about Dean Pease before. I know, but it's I I can't understand what you're saying. Get the marbles out of your mouth. Dean Pease. There we go. I like it. I'm really sad that uh, Dylan Raddins didn't play at all last week. You know, you're not sad. You weren't even. Nobody here was paying attention to that. Nobody here yeah, brought. I'm very sad. 
Nobody brought I, that up. That's the other thing they do, too, that doesn't make any sense. They draft guys early. They don't use them at all. Well, they use a second-round pick on them. Um, but, yeah, Bowen's defense hasn't been good yet. And last week was a lot of man coverage with Janoris Jenkins on DeAndre Hopkins. Look, Janoris Jenkins is okay. They gave him a big contract because they needed, you know, cornerback help. And, uh, you know, with him and Fulton and Farley and maybe Molden, like that would be an average or above average group as like a whole. But they don't have a lockdown cornerback. They had a lot of one versus one matchups with Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Hopkins. And it went terribly. It went absolutely, it was absolutely awful for him. And so this week you're going to have Jenkins game matchups against Metcalf and Lockett. And he can't cover those guys. Hey, Matt, did you like Arizona last week? Yeah, they were fun. You know, Isaiah Simmons was really good last week. Yeah. That was what freaked me out. It was like, And he like actually tackled, and he was enormous. I was like, yeah, this is kind of scary. Arizona looked really, really good. It was pretty can, insane can to watch. Can four teams make the playoffs from one division? Yes, they can. Theoretically, they can. I, uh, Wait. I think we, yeah, yeah, they, they could. Can. They can now because of the new rule. They would be able to. I still think New Orleans gets in. Uh, duh, that's you know, easily. but uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a it's gonna be a a knife fight. It's oh, gonna be a rock a fight. fight. What else could you have? Yeah. I don't know. Those are both cliches. Because also the West too, man. Ooh, it's gonna be, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be screwed up out there. Um, but yeah, Arizona looked really good. They were fun. They were. That's, they scared me a little bit. I mean, ooh, everything, everything scared me, though, with that division. I just was very surprised with everything that I saw. Wasn't expecting Seattle to dominate. Wasn't expecting Arizona to be fine. I kind of got everything that I wanted. It's just this year I predicted the opposite. So, I don't fault. know. It's um, so, what's your pick for this game? I think, like I said, I didn't like what I watched when it came to Tennessee last week. So, I'm going to Seattle. I got another kind of blowout or a similar. I got 31 Seattle. I got 19 Tennessee. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. So I have Seattle 31, Tennessee 20. Okay. Dude, like, <laughs> stop. You just like picked exactly what I no, did on. No, no, This is stupid. See, so change your pick. All right, you're picking Tennessee. Switch it. I'm, I'm, the only thing is, is that. I don't think Tennessee's screwed for the entire season, but they're screwed for this game. Man. Their teeth are going to be broken. They're going to go see a dentist. I think they're screwed for the whole season, dude. I don't think so. Maybe it's just week one. So who do you think is going to win this division? When it comes to who's going to win this division? The Houston Texans. Oh, sir. It's the Houston Texans. (laughs) That's who's going to win this division. I think there's a chance. I think they're going to do it. By the way, this may be the worst division in football. I think it is. Yes. Welcome to the NFC East in the AFC. Woo! Uh, so the next game we have here, we're going to do Dallas Chargers because they play at 3 o'clock. The Chargers are three-point favorites at home. So against a, a really good defense last week, Justin Herbert, 31 for 47, 337 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The Chargers as a whole have 424 total yards. Two red zone turnovers um, kind of hurt them. And they also ended the game in Washington's own side of the field. They really didn't have any problems moving the ball at all. This week, they're going against a, a Cowboys defense 
that allowed 31 points, even though the Buccaneers had four turnovers and had no, really no run game at all to speak of. Um, how, ex- how excited are you for your Dallas Cowboys getting the Justin Herbert's experience? Oh, my God. I'm so screwed. I just, this is a whole, it's a whole big ball of depression going on right now. Where I've lost to Marcus Lawrence now because of a broken foot. I've lost Six to eight Gregory. weeks. I, I've lost Randy Gregory on the other end. Growing uh, right? Yeah. I've lost uh, Lionel Collins. Suspended I've, for five games. Yeah. What did he no, do? Nobody knows, actually. Everyone's saying it's not steroids. Nobody knows what the hell he did. And nobody's saying that it's drugs or anything. I don't know what he did or what the hell was in his body. My guess, it's a horse tranquilizer. It's the only thing that would make sense on why you can't pinpoint on what was wrong with it. It's a horse tranquilizer. Other than that, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, I, I, don't, I don't like this game whatsoever because Herbert last week, it just seemed like Washington is such a freaking good team now with Heineke, and Herbert did make a mistake where Washington wasn't able to capitalize, where it was the pick that he threw where he was in the red zone. Yeah. Just think Dallas is going to need to be able to put pressure on him without having the defensive ends to be able to do that. Yeah. I think <laughs> he's going to have his way with me. Well, I don't and, know. and one of the guys he talked about, like the Chargers offensive line was great last week, but yeah. one of the problems they have is Brian Beluga already got hurt and he gets hurt right away the last two years as well too. Uh, in his place is Storm Norton, who played some offensive tackle for them last year. Storm Norton wasn't good last year. I don't know if he's good now after a summer of strength and conditioning, but that was kind of like the only hope for kind of Dallas in this game was that you get Demarcus Lawrence against Storm Norton, you create enough pressure, maybe get a, a turnover or two, and uh, that doesn't sure. exist now. And the other thing that's kind of scary for Dallas this week is the string this team is supposed to be their linebackers. Gronkowski had like 100-plus receiving yards last week against these linebacker group. Um, they have problems against stopping passes to the middle of the field still with this linebacker group. And so I don't really have any any hope at all for Dallas's defense in this one. No, and it's hard, too, because even being able to watch Eckler and even watching them, and my big issue was watching the very first drive with the Chargers last week of just the domination. And it's always the third down passes. I can yeah. tell you. Before it happens, it's going to Keenan Allen. Oh, hey, it's third and 16. It's going to Keenan Allen. Oh, He's, hey. I've never seen anybody run routes like how Keenan Allen runs them. That, it's exactly. crazy. It's there. It's going in and out like it's a snake or something. Yeah. I don't even think it's on the playbook. He's it's, just it's doing It's like M1 book. mixtape tour without basketball. It it's like they're playing with, he's playing with an invisible basketball. And it's interesting because, like what I said, it just seems like that it always happens on third down. Like, it's an automatic third down play that they always go to. There's a third down playbook where it's only Herbert and out. And that's the only people that are going to be paying attention to it. Because it, it's insane to watch. Third and six, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many yards. You know it's going to Keenan Allen in the red zone. Keenan Allen is going to get some type of slant that's going to try to put him in there. It's fun to watch, and then you have Eckler where it just seems like a pounding you down your throat. Dallas, well, I mean, gonna... he had like 56 rushing yards last week. They're not really pounding by down the throat, you know? No, 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 no. I'm just only saying that's against Washington, though. Stop it. You're really I mean, trying. They, he, they're not going to run the ball very much this year. 
I th- I'll put it this way. I think they're going to run the ball plenty where Eckler has a good game against Dallas because I think you're going to be able to have your way against this defense. I uh, Well, Dallas stopped the run pretty well last week. They're not going to do it this week when they don't have anybody to help. I think they'll be able to stop the run all right. Because Micah Parsons is the real deal. Say it. No, I mean, like, their interior defenders Stay. are okay. Their linebacker group is spy. You know how bad they were in the past week before. They, ta- they chase and tackle pretty well. Um, and the Chargers still haven't like really shown the ability to really you know, move the first level with all that much consistency. I do like their backup rookie running back though. He had a good game. Was it Roundhouse? Yeah, Roundtree. No, it's Roundtree. <laughs> <laughs> it's Roundtree without the D though. I like Roundhouse better. Just Roundhouse kicks in yeah, the face. I like Round Roundhouse without the D though. It's Roundhouse. Yeah, Roundhouse. Yeah, but uh, I'm not really expecting to run the whole the ball a whole lot though. But yeah, that was like the one spot they had was Marcus Lawrence against the right tackle. Lawrence was great last week. He was awesome that first game. Man, man, everything was great last week of being able to watch Dallas do what they were doing. Because even with Dak, oh my God, nobody blew the game. It just seemed like everything was just because Tom was better and that's why he ended up winning the game. He just had to get you in the spot of the field goal range, which you knew he was going to be able to do. I'm not taking anything away from the defense. They were able to create the turnovers. I could not believe how many fumbles. They they made Ronald Jones on the bench for the whole game and being able to be in the doghouse. And then Dak was able to control the offense. He put me in a position to win the game. And it's just going up against Tom. What am I to hate on by what Dallas showed me last week? It just sucks because I'm I'm so high on the hill. And now I'm having to fall back down because I have all these injuries where I expect Dallas to go 0-2 because Herbert, I Herbert the Sherbert is gonna destroy He's me. Gonna, and I'm, I'm Herbert's, excited to Herbert's gonna shoot a Sherbert all over your cowboy chest. I hope it's a lime, strawberry, and orange sherbet because I'm going to like it. I just – I hate that it's against my team. And this is just a rough year to start out 0-2. But it's a long year. So and Dallas is like – they're going to be really similar to Tennessee and Indy, you know? No, I don't want to be compared to those two teams. It's those two same, teams look the like same crap thing. me. It's I look thing. good compared to those two teams. They looked awful. I was positive. Oh, the can point I just- the point I'm trying to make though is that you're gonna start off zero two, playing in you know a bad division, and it's gonna be the result of you know playing a tough schedule to start off. Like you're not gonna be not be a playoff team because you're zero right. two, but bad it's just starting division. off in a bad spot. You see Philly, come on, stop it. You see Washington, come on, stop it. Bad division, my ass. You're in the division that's bad. Don't you try to put that on the. No, nah, y'all, y'all are back here. down here with us too. I just want to say this though. I agreed with everything last week except for Greg the Leg and Mike McCarthy, where you missed. Oh a yeah, 30- that's the one thing I'd be mad about. That's nah, the one thing I feel that boob doesn't get it. He will never get it. Our field goal attempt, whenever you missed, you're like, okay. And then the sixty yard attempt, McCarthy, go for it. What do you mean, go for it? He missed a thirty seven yarder. He has, he has bipolar it. disorder. I just couldn't. Out. I was losing my mind. I just dad and I sitting there just going. Yeah, he missed the 37. He's got the 60. Who the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you know how you have like the, the devil on your right shoulder and the angel on your left shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> or it's the other way around. Um, McCarthy has a, he has a, the devil under his left tit and angel on top of his right tit. <laughs> yeah, except he always looks at the, wait, which one has the devil, the left tit or the right yeah, tit? Yeah, the left, the left side's the evil side. 
Okay, then he always looks underneath the left hip. Yeah. But I, the, the fourth down thing was so stupid. Uh, what did you think about Dak's arm last week? Do you have any concern about Prescott at all? No. And that's what I hated more than anything about last week, where I can honestly say, and if my if our listeners understand, I have not been big on Dak Prescott. I hated on him last year for only getting me points in the garbage time. Last week, he gave me the lead. He did everything he was supposed to. I hate losing Gallup, but the fact that he was being able to see, like what I talked about at the beginning, the cornerback that wasn't able to guard, Zeke Cockerel. not run. Zeke oh, no, not- no, 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 no. Are you talking about Dallas's cornerbacks? No, no, I'm talking about uh, Bucks and Ears quarterbacks and yeah. Dak able to take advantage because him not being able to see that Zeke was not able to run the ball and he was able to audible out of a lot of runs because it just wasn't working. Yeah. I don't think a lot of teams are going to be able to run against Tampa, which is why I'm Nobody not is. Yeah. And Nobody ever does. But Dak took advantage of what they gave him. And I have not. he gave me the lead. He didn't touch the ball to lose the game. He had me the victory, and it was just going up against Tom. I love watching Dak, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and this is a—it's not like um like last week. Whenever they scored a bunch of points against Tampa Bay, it was against man coverage, and they were able to have you know Mari Cooper against Ross Cockrell and things like that. This week is different. They don't play man coverage at all in Los Angeles. They're going to play a lot of quarters, a lot of cover seven, and you won't have these one versus one matchups. So it's going to be up to you know Cooper finding holes in the zone, CD finding holes in the zone. Uh, I, I like Dalton Schultz a lot, too. He was fun last week. But there's one big issue for, for Dallas, and that's Leo Collins being out. And so you're going to get Joey Bosa against Terrence Steele. And yeah, yeah. Uh, he absolutely destroyed Sam Cosme last week. You know, And so like he was the big difference maker for their defense. And so if Leo Collins was playing, I think maybe Dallas would have a better chance to win a shootout here. But with Joey Bosa against Terrence Steele, uh, I'm going to charge all the way. And so I'm going, the Chargers are three-point favorites. I'm going Chargers 34, Dallas 30. I hate you so much. All right, Herbert the Sherbert. I want to be, just be gentle with me. I'm taking the Chargers. I have them at a shootout here. I have them at 37. I have Dallas at 31. All right. And the Chargers, I know they only scored 20 points last week, but they had two red zone turnovers and really moved the ball well against them. You know, it was a misleading 20 points. Matt, Matt, it's entirely different to me, man. Come on, that's Washington's defense. If anybody watched last week's game, it just seemed like that it, Chargers were playing smart and protecting They're very the smart. Their defense yes. is smart. Their offense is smart. They're just a really intelligent team last week. And with Washington, you have to be able to do that. And now Washington has the real quarterback that they needed, which, by the way, I said at the beginning, Heineke is the real deal, by he's, the way. He's real, like he's the real Case Keenum. He's what Washington— he's just like Case Keenum. He's like what the quarterback they've always wanted. He, now they his arm, yeah, his arm is soft serve, though. He has the weakest arm I've ever seen. Doesn't matter, because he's going to give them what they want. It's like he's throwing a volleyball. He's, it was better to watch than Fitzpatrick, though. Yeah, he only played one series, two series. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And it already looked disgusting versus Heineke. You're like, this is the guy. Yeah, he has a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. There's a little bit more zip to the guy. Come on. I guess so. I have a good feeling on it. Defense, Matt. Oh, my God. I just, I, you know, Heineke just cracks me up just because of his arm. So the last game here, Kansas City versus Baltimore. This is going to be your Sunday night football game. The Chiefs are three-point favorites on the road. So the Ravens right now, 
They're in your reserve. You ready? Give it to me. Rashad Bateman, Miles Boykin, Nick Boyle, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, L.J. Fort, Marcus Peters, Tyree Phillips, and this week they're also missing Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. They're going to move Alejandro Villanueva to left tackle, find somebody else to play right tackle. I think the Ravens are cursed this year, and I think the Ravens are going to miss the playoffs this season. Oh, I wonder who could have predicted this or who would have hinted at this, saying that they weren't going to be the team that everybody expected them to be. However, I'm going to give you this. The injuries are bad luck. It just seems like that it's kind of the writing on the wall or in the stars where Baltimore, it's just not their season. And That's it's kind of, feel. yeah, and it's kind of depressing to watch because I'm not going to hold it too much against Lamar. It's just I'm going to hold it a lot against Lamar. And he's going to be taking all the repercussions that I have. Because I said that he's not going to be able to win the games. And this is kind of the point. You're wanting to pay these quarterbacks that big money where they're already talking about a lucrative deal for him. Well, then he needs to win some damn games. You blowing it against Oakland was awful to watch. It was like the Wentz thing. It was like the Daniel Jones thing. Like they All three had like the, those late fumbles that hurt him. It, and it's like you're supposed to be that guy where, again, you're going to get this contract. You're going to be paid as a top five quarterback. But what have you truly done that's really going to show me that you're that top five guy where I just, man, I'm still not seeing it. He made he made an incredible throw to Brown when it came to the end zone in the corner. I loved it. I'm just still not seeing the consistency that I want yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it's like the consistency within the structure of the offense. Yeah. And, uh, and like, we talked about their sideline passing. He was credited two for three for 78 yards. But it was kind of. That throw that Sammy Watkins counted, that was more like off the hash. Sammy Watkins one? Yeah, he threw a 48-yard pass to Sammy Watkins. Well, no, no, I know, but they, they count that as the sideline. I didn't think it was a sideline throw, though. It wasn't. I thought it was more like a deep middle throw. The That's only what... one watching it was that one down the left sideline. He threw it five yards over the guy out of bounds. It wasn't even a chance at all. And he's still straying away from those throws, you know. And uh, in Vegas, they did a lot of things to really key in on their run game. One of my favorite things they did was they played their defensive end towards the strong side of the formation, like a real wide five or a real wide nine. So that way he could just run into the backfield at the mesh point and be able to create havoc. They did a good job using stunts as well, too, to be able to loop linebackers and create confusion as well. Um, and and the Ravens' like actual play-by-play run game wasn't very good last week. They just had that big run, that big run by Tyshawn Williams, that big run by Lamar Jackson. But their run game was kind of crappy, you know? And this is against a Raiders defense that hasn't been good for the last three seasons, too. Well, and again, you're not going to try to hold too much against them because of all the injuries where they don't have a running back. It's, it's just, not that important, though. I, I agree. I agree, actually. And it, for me, it would be next man up where, to your point, it's not to say Vegas has such a dominant front where you shouldn't be able to at least get some type of yardage out of somebody. My other issue when it comes to Baltimore is Matt, it seems like whenever they go up big with points, or not even big, it's just they go up like two scores maybe, it's not like you're slowing it down and you're controlling the clock where you're being so dominant. They're giving teams so much the option of being able to come back where a team like Kansas City, for example, a team like Buffalo, uh, Pittsburgh, sadly enough for me to say, 
it just seems like they would be able to come back on a team like this because the Baltimore Ravens are never going to be too far out of reach. With yeah, what but I mean, that, that's not true just because the Ravens last year and the year before, they won a lot of games like 41 was, to 17, you know? I mean, like last week, I think it was a different set of circumstances where that fumble was really kind of like what crushed them. And the other thing was that the Ravens usually pass protect really well. And Max Crosby was incredible. Yank Ngakwe was great as well, too. Um, against Ronnie Stanley and Crosby was mainly against Villanueva. And they were awesome on the exterior. And Lamar Jackson really had, like, no time to throw the ball. And it was really surprising to watch a Ravens team that couldn't pass protect well at all. I just still don't like this team whatsoever. And yeah, it's just... I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But it's still... I'm wanting to be able to see something. And I'm just seeing nothing where... Like what I said, if a team... If Baltimore is up by two scores... Dude, the team's coming back. The other team that they're playing against coming back. Typically, they more don't. than half the teams in the NFL are going to be able to come back. I mean, maybe this year. Uh, I guess when it is comes, what you're saying, but, but typically I'm, they don't. I, though. Yes. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about this year. From what I watched okay. last week against the Raiders, that was pathetic. That was really sad to watch for me. You're supposed to be dominant. It doesn't matter to your point that you've lost these guys. You're supposed to be still that dominant team, and they weren't. Yeah, and I mean, also you think about that Ravens team from two years ago. That was an offensive line that had Marshall Yanda. Matt Skrew is still playing well for the offensive line, too. I don't like Kevin Zattler that much. I think he's overrated. I think he had a bad week last week. Um, that was when they were Orlando Brown and Roddy Stanley on the same offensive line. They also had that tied in Hydra of Boyle, Hurst, I love Hydra. and Mark Andrews. You know, Hurst is in Atlanta. Boyle's on the injured reserve. And then Patrick Ricard as well, fullback. And so this isn't the same... Your rushing attack that was three years ago, but they're still relying on that rushing attack to be as good as it was then. And it just, they don't have the same level of blocking talent that they used to have. And so now, like the, the pressure's on Jackson to step up and be a better quarterback, you know, more consistently in the entire structure of the offense and be able to attack the entirety of the field. He can't do and he hasn't done it yet, you know? But yeah, like no, it's still it, the same Lamar as last year. I just had to still throw out a Hell Hydra. I just have to do that yeah. for all the Marvel fans out there. Yeah. All, all the people who still live with your parents. Yeah. yeah woo! All, all of you emotional, oh. emotionally stunned individuals. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. But yes, man, did, Lamar looks the same. I'm just. And he, he's, he's electric and he's an incredible playmaker, but it's still like play to play to play. There's just, he just hasn't hit that spot yet, you know? I'll put it to this way. For me, I would expect to watch after last week that going into this season, I would think that Lamar would be a little bit better than Dak. And after last week, I don't think it's close. And that's where it's a little bit disappointing because Lamar is still not taking that extra step. Maybe I'm wrong. First week, overreactions, whatever. Lamar just, he's been disappointing for me. And it hurts. Yeah, I think this point thing is because like we know it's there, and like we talked about in the, in the preseason, like he's such a good quick passer as well too. You know, and he's a really good middle of the field passer, and that part of his game is still he hasn't been able to find it yet, and so that's kind of like the the frustrating thing with them. Um, last week, Darren Waller ten catches for nineteen on nineteen targets, one hundred five yards, a touchdown. He dropped probably like four of those targets as well too that weren't completions. Yep. Um, this week, Travis Kelsey, six for seven, 76 yards, two touchdowns. How many, how many, uh, re- how many receiving yards do you think Kelsey has this week? 
Kelsey, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens and that defense, okay, since we're talking about him, before I answer Kelsey, okay, no, let me answer Kelsey first. I'm going to say 105, eight catches, one TD. But I have a question for you, Matt. I have a big question here. I want you to answer honestly, but first think about it for three seconds. Is Tyreek Hill the best receiver in the league? The best in the league? Best in the he, league. He's the best deep threat I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, for me, he is numero uno until I see otherwise. And it's because kind of like how we joked about with Keenan Allen and Herbert the Sherbert, I'm not sure if Hill has any type of route running or if him and Mahomes just have some type of understanding where Hill's just going to go open and Mahomes just better find him. And, and Hill both of them are like that too. Like Kelsey said that as well. It's like, yeah, sometimes I line up and I get Patrick this crazy look. He just knows what I'm going to do. And that's where it seems like he has it with both of them, where it truly is disgusting to watch, but also makes it so much fun. Hill for me truly is the best wide receiver. Matt, he shouldn't be this good for how big he is, but yet he manhandles guys. He's able to get wide open where the moment that he has five yards of space, it's done. It's done. He's yeah. going to well, We're done. And, and like we talked about last year, that touchdown was against John Johnson where he runs that, that post route and he gets one more swing into safety and he loses the ball in the air and it's a 79-yard touchdown. And yeah, I think 179 yards uh, received last week. Also, I think uh, I looked up the numbers real fast. The Ravens on third down last week, three for 12. And that was really the problem. Like their run game's not the same. They're getting at third downs. They had a lot of pressure off the edges. And yeah. Lamar's throwing, you know, incompletions scattering all over the field, you know? Yeah, and that's not going to be – and that's kind of the thing. I, once again, I, we're wanting to have a good game on a Sunday night here, but I just think it's going to be a slaughterhouse because Kansas City is not going to let up. And I think there's going to be a message that's going to be sent because everybody wants to be able to compare the Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, and I think Patrick Mahomes is just going to run it up, and Lamar's not going to be able to keep up. Because well, and, and Lamar doesn't want that either. He already said this game's not about me versus Mahomes. By the way, the moment you tell me that is the moment I'm already disgusted with you, because it seems like that you're making up the excuses saying, no, 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 this is a team thing. This isn't a me thing. Team, if we lose, it's team's fault, not my fault. Team's fault. Yeah, uh, I think, well, last year, Kansas City crushed them. And one of the ways they crushed them is they took their typical route. So they would turn a route into a corner. They would take a slant, like a slant route, and it turned into a sluggo. They would run like a lot of dino stems. And they, he was like the Ravens cornerbacks and secondary is really good at understanding, you know, the way a route looks and jumping on routes and understanding, you know, how route concepts, you know, pair together. And so they see this guy run this, they expect their guy to run that, and that sort of thing. And the Chiefs over and over again kind of beat them by camouflaging what they were doing and taking up downfield with it. And then on Marcus Peters as well, too. They And they've lost so many guys in their front seven over the years that, like, Patrick Queen was awesome last week. But it seems like there may be a, a level of brain drain here on their defensive front where they just don't really lack to impact pass rusher right now, you know? Well, and that's kind of the thing with the Ravens is that we're not seeing the classic defense where they're able to take those shots that they usually make, meaning being able to rush the passer. Like blitz six, what they typically do. Being able to have the corners, a.k.a. Marcus Peters out there so that you can trust where if there's a pass thrown, Marcus Peters is either going to intercept or deflect it or defend the guy very well. But now you can't do the same type of defense 
and I don't think it's going to be able to work. I just think they need to play something safer. I just don't think Baltimore is ever going to be and they, that. And they don't really have the front four rush, like from yeah. a talent standpoint right now. Like, I love Calais, but he's a little older. I like Matt Bouquet, but he hasn't shown like the ability to be like a, a consistent disruptor over an entire season. They drafted Owe in the first round. He's like an athletic guy. And uh, they don't really, like they have on the other edge, they have Pernell McPhee. You know, he had a sack last week. And that sort of thing too, but they're just they 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 feel like they've lost a lot of talent in their front seven, and they're always able to find late round guys, and it kind of tends to work out. But there's always so long it goes on for, and sometimes you have some some gap years where you can't pick up exactly where you left off. Also, um, without Ryan Stanley here, Chris Jones lined but defensive end last week and had a ridiculous sack against Jack Conklin, blowing off the ball. He had a sack on the interior too. He was the he was you know the best player in Kansas City's defense last week. I think he's gonna have a really great week again too, um, against Baltimore. Like I don't love Baltimore's offensive line anymore either. And there's a lot of cracks here, like you mentioned, yeah. from that point of it. So I think this is gonna be a bad game for Baltimore. I'm going uh, Kansas City, 34, Baltimore, 20. Before I answer, I gotta ask you this, Matt: Who would you rather have on your team, Kelsey or Hill? Kelsey or Hill? Yeah, I'd say Hill because even if Hill isn't open, he gets other people open. Like even like when Hill has a fifty-four yard game, he was still an impact player. I just, it's unfair, and I don't know what makes him unfair because I think Patrick Mahomes is that great, but I think Kelsey and Hill are just like it's disgusting. You know what this team is going to do, and they're just going to keep doing it because you can't stop. Hill is wide open still. How is Hill? How is Kelsey wide open still? It makes no sense. I, yeah, I still can't believe Cleveland last week lead for the entire game until Sneff missed in the fourth quarter. They give that touchdown and their punter fumbles the, the punt. And then Baker to, throws the interception. We got some Rounders fans out there. It just reminded me of like the Russian mobster just hanging around whenever he's just throwing money in the pot with the chips and the poker. That's a good That's reference. That's all. That's all the Kansas City Chiefs were doing is just hanging around the entire game. Yeah, they're never out. Exactly. It doesn't matter. And the moment that it's just a one score and you make that mistake, Kansas City is then going to jump on it. And they, but, and they really struggled off the field on third down too. And what was the most frustrating there about last week was that, like in theory, that's the team to beat the Chiefs. They yes, run the ball. Yes, they control yes, the clock. They destroy yes. their front seven. They have a great pass rush, and it still doesn't matter. It was not screwed up. Because the punter drops the punt, and Hill has an 80-yard touchdown, and Baker throws interception. Just stop screwing it up. Just don't make the mistakes. Play safe. And you have this. You have the two best running backs that would be able to destroy their defense. I love their fourth down play calls, too. for me. They were so good last week in that. Oh, yes. Matt, do you understand that the moment that they came out there, I go, man, it's going to be hard to beat Kansas City. Boom, down the field, six points. I'm like, yeah, that's still just a good score. Going for two. What? Yeah, because they had the offsides on the on the extra yeah. points. They were one yard out. I was like, oh, Hunt can jump over them. Oh, Kareem Hunt going for two. What? Oh, they get it. 8-0. Ooh, that's how you beat Kansas City. Oh. Now we're talking. And then they make those mistakes. It just, it hurts me. And I just don't think Baltimore is going to be able to keep up with Kansas City to be able to make this a game. Yeah, so I, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs now. Yeah, like, you, know, yeah. you mentioned earlier, what can you take back? I would take Baltimore back, and uh, I think I'd probably put Miami in there instead. Ooh, 
interesting. Just because the East, you can pick on some teams there, and they're already one game up on New England, and they're not letting Mac Jones like really run like a full offense. You know, they really have the they really have the safety bra on him. The they tra- really, the training yeah. bra, I should say. And just cut it. Just let him be free. Yeah. Let him. That's all you have let to those do. Things, let those nuts hang some. Uh, That's why got him. So what's your pick for this one? So I have the Kansas City Chiefs 38, and I have the Baltimore Ravens 28. I like it. So we're the same, except I got the Texans beating the Browns this week. <laughs> oh, my God. You have the Texans winning. You have them winning by seven. Yes. By the way, we're talking about how great Cleveland is, and yet you're still picking the Texans. Look, you're there's nothing there. logic about the heart. The heart wants. The heart feels it. Dude. You can't believe in us. Nobody's David, believing us, but I believe. There is dust on I that shirt. I believe in David Coley. I see dust on that shirt, man. It's probably baby spit up, not dust. <laughs> Whatever. It's dust. Um, so our next our next segment here as we end today's show, underground pick of the week. I'm going to Bengals plus three on the road against the Chicago Bears. All right. Hold on. So my underdog. I actually have a good one for you, Matt. I have it at Detroit over Green Bay because I think it's a ten and a half point. <laughs> yeah, it's ten and a half. I'm gonna say Detroit's gonna be able to cover. They're my underdog. They of the may week. late cover that game too. That, that's what I'm hoping for. So that's what I got. I got the that's Detroit. Fun. That'd be a fun game to gamble on. See, because you watch the whole game and pray that DeAndre Swift gets yeah. a late touchdown. I have nothing to go for for this week. Even my for sure pick, I'm still questionable on. It's just that's my fun one for sure because I, I think it. Detroit's got a chance. I love it. Uh, I was looking at that one too a little bit, you know, but I haven't watched Detroit yet. I'm going to watch them probably tomorrow sometimes. So the, my lock of the week, I'm going to 49ers, negative three and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not a bad one, even because, yeah, I think that people think that Philly's a little bit better than what they are, even though we'll probably find out. We're going to find out a lot this week. We find out a lot every week. Okay, well, this is a lot of, like, good teams that won where you thought they were going to be bad going up against good teams that you expected to be good. So yeah. that you're going to be able to have a little bit of a mixture. For me, my lock of the week, because I think that this team is garbage, I got Arizona, four-point favorite against Minnesota. I think they're easily going to be able to dominate that. They're at home. I see another Chandler Jones five-sack game against Kirk Cousins. I just don't think Minnesota is going to be that good this year. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched that game yet either, but I'm interested to see what happened in it. That's, that's my lock this week. But I do love my Detroit because they're going to cover that. And I'm going to love it because Aaron Rodgers is going to come out just thinking, oh, yeah, that was just week one. I'm going to love it. Oh, yeah, that was just week two. You know what? You're a douchebag with your ponytail. Go away. You look gross. Yeah, he's an Austin, Texas barista. God, it's so bad. That guy cuts my hair on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, So to recap, I have Houston, negative 12 and a half. You have Cleveland, negative 12 and a half. We both have Kansas City over Baltimore. We both have uh, Seattle over Tennessee, and we both have the Chargers against the Cowboys. My upset pick is Cincinnati. You have Detroit, and our locks are San Francisco, and you have the Cardinals. I like it, though. Last week was a lot of fun. I forgot how good football is. Dude, I missed it so much. I've never believed how much I could miss football. It was nice to see every game. Even the highlights, it's just cool to see all the teams where – once again, you're expecting teams to be bad, and then they turn out to be good. 
and then the teams you expect to be good turn out to be bad. It's a lot of drama. I just love the reality TV nonsense that I get out of it. It makes me feel fulfilled. Yeah, I uh, it was nice because you, you last year didn't watch football. I'd be really hungover on Sunday. I'd be like, ugh. You know, By the way, watching football sober is really it's nice. It's awesome. Yeah, and yes. so, I, so Sunday I just laid on. I've, I've figured out how to hang a TV up. And so I hung, had the TV hung up, and I laid there in the bed with the baby on my chest. And I was like, this is really nice. This is so much better than wanting to die from staying until 4 o'clock drinking 27 beers. This is a much better way to live. And so, then uh, and the fantasy thing this week was so good. So I know nobody cares about your fantasy team, but I lost by 0. .6 points. Today, I got a stat correction for one point, meaning I won by 0. 0.4 points, which was... The only good thing that's ever happened to me in this in this stupid league we play in. All I know is that Sam helped us out, so we got to give that shout out. But also, we're one and zero each. This is happening this year. Screw them. We're going <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Ballard Radio. We'll be back on next Sunday to talk about the Texans' win over the Cleveland Browns. And then, of course, we'll be back the week after to preview you know, week two. Uh, and hopefully we get this Dan Coaches film so I can write some things I want to write about the Super Bowl caliber Houston Texans. Oh, my God. I'm going to puke. That sounded good to me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.